Wow. It's um it's been a while, actually. And um Yeah, I don't know. I don't I guess I just missed it, you know? It, just everything, everything about it. Doing the show and this is not the episode I was uh planning. I'm still working on that one uh, where I was talking about the quality over quantity. And you know what? I mean, the truth is is I just I just missed it. You know, I just I missed everything. All of it. So I I thought, ah, I'm just going to upload an episode. It's going to do my thing, you know? So here I am, back. I am currently uh in a in like an Airbnb thing. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. Uh, but I'm in I'm in Lake City, Florida. Outside of it. Um, if anyone is familiar with the area, I'm right on Highway 247. Um, this is at the time of the recording, of course. Um, but yeah, I'm south. Uh, if you're in Lake City, you take State Road 247. And you're going southwest. And I'm in this area. I'm halfway between Branford, I believe. Anyway, got an Airbnb. And I'm sitting here right now. And it's kind of echoey, but it's a it's a cool place. I like it a lot. Uh, the The people are amazing. So, anyway, I thought I just ah uh, I I don't know. I'm gonna get transparent. I'm I don't care. Uh like I said, I miss it. I miss all of this, all of this. And it just feels good being behind the mic. So I, I, I think I'm just going to go back to weekly episodes and just read some stuff and all that. And then any encounters I get will be my my quality, my, where I put a lot of effort into it. And hopefully by doing that, it you know can help me grow and I can just do what I like. I like doing this. Even if I get 10, 10 listeners for my whole podcasting career, I'm okay with that. So... One of the biggest reasons why I'm also uh, back is because of everyone. You know, I've gotten a lot of emails uh, asking how I've been, everything, which is gracious, gracious of you. Um, and it just makes me feel good. You know, I mean, who wouldn't feel good up, like, about that? I don't know. I, but made me feel good. And uh, so I'm, I'm returning. So that's my one announcement behind several. And I'm just going to, I am not planning. I'm going off the cuff here, but here I am. Um, so my announcements. One, I, Tuesday of Conversations at Midnight, have released a Patreon. <laughs> I, and I laugh because I, um, the truth is, is I don't like the idea of it. I don't. Um, in fact, I would advise you against it. Don't do it. Um, it's not something that I, I mean, if you have other people that you want a Patreon to fine, you know, that makes sense. Like, cool for me for Tuesday, I wouldn't do it. Um, but, and I'm not doing like this low balling tactic. No, no, no. Like I, I, I don't know. That's just not my thing. I, I, I don't know. I don't like doing it, but uh, the reason why I am is because I've been told already by a few people in email 
that they would love to find a way to support me. And I would feel like a hypocrite if I denied them that because I am a, I'm a fan of art and talk and pretty much a lot of things, video games, movies, and I've always been honest to the creators of that. Um, I actually usually do everything by the book, legal, whatnot, and it's just solely to give the credit to the person. And I get it. I get the feeling. I understand the feeling of wanting to just do some sort of support, some sort of, hey, this is what I want to do for you. Here it is. You know, I don't know if you can hear in the background. Sorry, that's the fridge in the Airbnb. But, you know, um, I get it. I, I understand it. Um. So I, so I'm, I'm telling you all right now that I have uh, a Patreon. It is, it's, um, there's only one tier. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it flat out right here. It only has one tier for now. In the future, if I evolve more, or when, when I evolve more, I'll probably add more, I guess. But for now, I just want to keep it simple. But it's patreon.com forward slash conversations at midnight. The one tier is $3 a month. I I was going to do a dollar, but um, I did $3. And listen to me clearly now. I did $3 because of what I'm offering. Um, I thought, you know, I did a lot of, I did like some research and I looked around and, you know, a lot of people, they buy like stickers and all that for, you know. Um, but I, I wanted to do something more personal, more, uh, heart to heart, human on human, right? That's pretty much most of what my podcast is human to human. And then I dip into the weird and the mysterious, but, uh, I'm doing $3 because what I offer is, uh, so I offer, you know, exclusive content stuff. I'm going to be doing like private pictures and all that. Not that private, not that kind of private, just, you know behind the scenes pictures and all that. Who knows? Maybe I might take a picture of myself. I don't know. I don't know. But um so you get exclusive stuff and then a handwritten letter. I'm talking handwritten pen to paper letter by me. And for each person, it's going to be personalized. And I felt like I well, so I did the $3 because postage. <laughs> That's the only reason why I'm doing the $3 is because of postage. If not, I'll make it 50 cents or a dollar. I don't care. But postage. Um, so I am willing and able. If I get like 100 people to do my Patreon, I'm going to write 100 letters. That's just who I am. I don't know. I can't stop that about me. I'm very honest so, um, and if not, then I try to give an explanation as to what happened from my point of view, if something falls through, but yeah, so I'm, I'm going to read it. This is what I wrote. This is the starter tier. This tier will give you access to exclusive episodes and personal handwritten notes by me Tuesday. Note, each letter will be written personalized to each patron. No two letters are the same. Also, they may include a doodle. It depends if my creative side comes out. What I mean by that is if I'm feeling it, if I'm feeling the magic, 
I will do a little character or a little doodle because I like to draw like little cartoon characters or whatnot. So I'll do that. And uh, yeah, so that's pretty much all I have for now. Um, just because I don't know if I'm going to keep this up. Uh, I don't, I didn't want to come out of the gates with like five different tiers and cause I may not keep this. I may not keep this going. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, but, uh, yeah, the other thing as well that I've been thinking about, which is my second announcement, it kind of goes hand in hand with the, with the Patreon and all that. If you read in the description of my, uh, the Patreon here on the third paragraph, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit, but it says, additionally, you will have the opportunity to suggest topics for future episodes and participate in a live Q&A session where we can interact and explore the uncharted territories together. That's true. So that's my second announcement, which goes with um, very soon, if not maybe by time this uploads, uh, my Discord will go live. Um, I'm going to upload a discord where you can join and where eventually you can talk to me uh, probably once a month or maybe twice a week. I don't know. I don't know what I'm, I don't know what my schedule is looking like, but uh, that's true. I don't know when the Q and a will happen though, but I just, again, I, it, it has to go off of my schedule. So, um, my third, I, oh, I actually have four announcements. I actually have four. My third announcement is if you look on the Patreon, you're going to see a link um, to a YouTube channel, and that is, yes, I have started a YouTube channel where it's pretty much just another way to listen to the podcast. That's it. Uh, just because if, you know, I I get it. Times are hard, especially if you're in the United States. I don't know how the rest of the country is. I am ignorant when it comes to that. So... Uh, as far as the United States goes, uh, I get it. You know, we're headed towards some tough times. Some are much better off than others. But as far as most people go, you know, it's hard. And I've already bumped into a lot of people who had to cancel their Spotify subscriptions, their Apple subscriptions, a lot of things. And I felt bad. You know, I thought, well, I'm a part of that. I know that there's a lot of ways that you can listen to it for free and there's advertisements and blah, 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 blah. Well, I did the YouTube mainly because uh, you could just listen to it whenever you want. And since I'm not monetized on YouTube, I don't know if there'll be an ad at all. So um, my first two episodes are uploaded. Um, and yeah, there is a little side note I have to make though. My YouTube handle is conversations at underscore midnight, the exact same as the Instagram, because um, conversations at midnight was taken by uh, another individual who started their own podcast, I guess, with the same name. So, but they're inactive as of seven months ago, if I'm not mistaken. So maybe in the future, I can get conversations at midnight as my handle. That's what I get for waiting for so long. That's my fault. But uh, anyway just so it's easier for people to access the podcast i also did it uh uploaded it up to youtube so there's that and then my final and believe it or not it is the least um is i was i had a conversation uh, a friend of mine who now lives in new jersey you know who you are 
Um, long ago, he told me that it would be nice to have something tangible that makes people think of the podcast. Um, he gave me a really cool idea, and, you know, I'm, I, ha- I haven't been able to execute that. I think I talked about it. Um, I was going to make some candles. There, I said it. I'm going to make some, some candles for the future. Um, again, my life is kind of crazy, as you can tell. From my last episode, I said I'm now in Florida. A lot of moving, a lot of chaos. But it, um, once I start getting in the swing of things down here, um, I'll be able to start hopefully doing that. And then I could, you know, bring out candles so that you can interact with me through that. But for now, and this is why I'm like, mm, eh. Um, I have opened up a Red Bubble store. So, this is why I'm not so excited about it, but there's a reason why I'm doing it. I'm not so excited about it just because I don't want anyone to think I'm trying to, you know, make a quick buck. I'm not. Um, I'm just not. I don't know. That, that, I don't know. I would be lying if I said, you know, hey, it'd be nice, you know, I can get some money off of it. But as fast as that thought came, it left me and it was replaced with, yeah, but that's not why I, you know, I, I do this. So, uh, you know, I feel weird, but if you really want something tangible, um, I have, I have started a Redbubble store with, um, what is this? One, two, three, four, so eight stickers and they're stickers. Nothing more, nothing less. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to like, you don't have to buy anything crazy. You don't have to, it's just stickers. They cost $1.35. Redbubble takes a big chunk out of that. So I think I'll get like 50 cents out of it or something. I don't know. Point is, is I didn't want to go crazy and charge like $5 for a sticker because there's some stores that do that and I don't know. That's not my thing. A dollar thirty-five. You get some stickers. Um, they are themed, and the theme is a hint of my episode that I'm working on right now. And I'm going to be very transparent. Out of the eight, one of them is actually hand-drawn by a friend of mine. And then we took that drawing, and we ran it through a program that an AI did and kind of duplicated it. So it's one hand-drawn and the rest are uh, AI, AI art. So uh, it kind of took the, the art style that we did and then it made its own, you know, separate. Just so, you know, it could save him time. Uh, it's not so much me. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do a thing. <laughs> it was all him, you know, he drew it and then um, since he's a very busy person, I decided to, you know, duplicate it or, you know, have an AI program use that as the theme and then it created some, um, so keep keep that in mind. I'm not going to tell you, Hey, yeah, this is AI art and I'm going to pass it off as hand drawn. No, 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 no. Only one of them is the rest are not. I'll let you, uh, discover that on your own. I do have a red bubble. So now that that's out of the way, um, 
I'm going to attach all the links in the description. So hopefully everyone can do that. Now, now that my announcements are gone, now that everything's out of the way, I want to say something. Um, I don't know if we, I don't know what it is. I, like, I don't know if you would count it as an announcement, but so maybe it's a hidden fifth. I don't know. I don't know. Thank you. Thank you all for all the emails that I've gotten. Um, I did not think for a second, to be honest, I, I did not think at all since my, um, since the episode from Halloween till my last one a month ago or back in early June, I think it was, I did not think for a second that anyone would, um, care. Ah, oh, that sounds so like, you know, emotional, like the, like the baiting. It's just, I really didn't, I didn't think anyone would care. And I'm not saying that as like, woe is me. I just genuinely, I just thought, ah, eh, you know, I'll be back and people, you know, if they notice, they notice. Um, but I've gotten a lot of emails and, um, surprisingly, a lot of these emails have a common theme, which is pretty much always at the end. I don't know how, but most of them at the very end talk about me, whether it's two sentences or three sentences, it always talks about me and, uh, you know, it impacted me, you know, it, uh, it really did a number to me. So I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I selected three emails out of, um, and there, there weren't a lot. It wasn't like I had hundreds. I just probably had like a dozen to two dozen around there. Um, so, you know, 20, I guess is a good shot in the dark. If, if I could say, and I, um, with permission, with emailing back and forth, uh, asking, uh, I did ask them if I could use this email. Um, they said, sure. Um, which to, to skip that part, I'm going to say this right now in this episode, whatever you email me, just so we can, you know, cut out the conversation of, you know, Hey, can I use this? And then I wait a day or two and then, you know, whatever you send me, I'm just going to take that as permission that I can read it whenever I want. And so that's what I'm going to do from here on out. So whatever you send me, unless it specifically says, do not read, I won't. But I got three. I chose three because I just, I missed the episodes where I, I just read some cool stories and discussed it. Without a further ado, my name is Tuesday, and I'm coming to you east of the Rockies, of the great south state of Florida, more specifically, northern Florida, and more specifically than that, from Lake City, Florida. I am Tuesday, and this is Conversations at Midnight. The first email. I received or that I chose to just, I mean, really get this thing going goes as follows. Dear Tuesday, I hope this letter reaches you well. 
My name is Eliza, and I have been a recent listener of your show. I discovered you not that long ago, and I found myself captivated by the tales you unravel with your unique storytelling style and voice. Thank you for the compliment. I really appreciate it. Today, I wish to share a chilling encounter of my own, which unfolded during my visit to my grandmother's house in the enchanting town of Cody, Wyoming. I've never heard of Cody until this email. Growing up, my grandmother's house had a special place in my heart. Nestled amidst the vast expanse of the Wyoming wilderness, it seemed like a portal to another realm. What do you mean by that? Each summer as a child, I would spend days exploring its old rooms, listening to the wind blow through the trees, playing hide-and-seek with my cousins and all that stuff, you know, kid stuff. Oh, okay, so that's it. Okay, so another realm as in like, you know, it was like you were in a different world, you know, joy. Like, I get it. Okay, I get it now. About six years ago, my grandmother passed away. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. After much discussion and debate, my father got the property. He's the oldest, and his siblings got other things of equal value. My, my grandparents did well for themselves. Okay. Sorry about your grandmother. Last year, with a mixture of nostalgia and curiosity, I returned to the cherished house that had become a storied part of my family's history. As I approached the familiar door, a shiver ran down my spine, as though someone was watching me. I did ignore the red flags and thought of it as my imagination. Okay, stop right there. Good. That's good. Never assume. This is for anyone who's, you know, never assume anything is paranormal off the bat. Don't do it. It's, it's, it's a very obtuse way of thinking. It's not good. Don't. You know, you don't want that. You don't want, oh, no, I'm sorry, acute. You know, it's very narrow. You want to be obtuse. You want to be open. You know, you, you want that wild, the wild. You want that, like, the wider angle of everything, you know? So that's good. I'm glad that you, okay, imagination's good because it's possible. It, and in fact, it's, I'm going to say something that a lot of people in the paranormal world do not want me to say. Nine out of ten times, it's always going to be your imagination. That's the truth of it. Always. Always. It's always going to be that. Hey, the door slammed on its own. Honestly, it was probably your dog, your cat, the wind, something. That's why you have to break it down. You have to, you know, if you really want to see if it is something paranormal, that's not the obvious. If it's not the obvious... Then that's why you have to break it down. Okay, let me try to recreate it. Let me see how the you know how this door would close, how this window would. Like I hope that makes sense. You know, usually more times than not, it almost always has a logical explanation. It's so people like me are intrigued because I love, I love that one time when it's not. Okay, it's not. We've done everything. What could it be? 
And I love that because then you start, then once you, once you are sure it's not, then you go on the roller coaster. And to me, that is just that feeling. I, I, I want to chase it forever, but always assume it's your imagination so far. So good. The first few days passed uneventfully as I wandered through the house, reliving the memories of joy and laughter. However, on the third night of my stay, everything changed. As I laid in bed, the room illuminated excuse me, only by the soft glow of the moon, an eerie silence enveloped the house. I started to hear faint footsteps slowly approaching my room. At first... I dismissed it as a trick of my imagination. See, there you go. Good. That's good. Attributing, attributing it to the age of the house and the settling of wooden beams. Exactly. Exactly. But the footsteps persisted, growing closer and more distinct. My heart pounded, and I summoned the courage to investigate. Okay. Another pause. I'm going to be doing this this whole time, right? That's good. You want that. You want that pause, or you want to keep listening. You want to assume it's, you know. Example, I've already used this story, uh, but I'm going to make it super short. Me and Wednesday. Good few years ago, I think it was back in 2017, I went to visit him uh, in like the Missouri area. And Wednesday went to work, so I was, I was at his house alone waiting for him to come back from work so we can hang out and, you know, whatever. When I was in bed or in the guest room, uh, clear as day, as clear as day, as clear as you hear me speaking, I heard his garage door close. And when I opened the door to make sure it was the garage door, I heard keys, like from a car, and someone walking through his kitchen. And I'm literal footsteps. I heard it clear as day. I'm not talking like, you know, when you think you heard someone say your, your name, but it was faint. No, no, no. As clear as you and I are, I could hear the footstep. Goom, goom. Like you could feel it shake through the house and you could hear that bass of each footstep. And I called out thinking it was him. Hey, Wednesday. And it, when I called out, then the footsteps stopped. It was as if someone stopped in their tracks. I went downstairs. There was no one. There was no keys anywhere. There was no nothing. Um, and that's, so that I knew, right? That couldn't have been the house. That couldn't have been, it was clearly footsteps. Um, and I looked, I looked all over his house, tried to make sure there was no way that that is a sound that can be created from the house. And it wasn't. I even asked him, and he said no. Um, eventually, his mother started experiencing exactly what I experienced, where she wrote him at one point and said, hey, you know that you can come and say hi to me next time you're here. And he said, I haven't been to the house in like a month. And that freaked her out. But I digress. The point is, um, always assume, once again, don't instantly jump, you know, it's a ghost. It's Sasquatch. Oh my goodness, would you look at that? It's 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 the chupacabra playing hopscotch in my driveway. It that's 
90% of the time, it, I'm going to go as far as saying 95% of the time, it, 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 it's never that. It's always something logical. So, <clears throat> back to the email. Um, but the footsteps persisted growing closer and more distinct. My heart pounded and I summoned the courage to investigate. You're brave, but that's exactly what I would have done. As I stepped into the dimly lit hallway, a chilling gust of wind brushed against my cheek as if someone or something had passed by me. A subtle fragrance of old-fashioned perfume lingered in the air, reminiscent of my grandmother's favorite scent. I called out into the darkness, hoping for a rational explanation and half-wishing to connect with the presence from the beyond. That's exactly how I would have felt and thought. Suddenly, the room doors began to creak open and shut. Not loud, but just soft enough. Either that or it was my imagination. Very true. A wave of both fear and excitement washed over me, for I was experiencing something that defied any logical explanation that I could give. Okay. The next few nights were filled with odd occurrences. Objects moved from their own accord. At times, I swore I heard faint talking like someone was in the other room, and the temperature began to fluctuate drastically, leaving me in a constant state of intrigue and unease. One particular night, as I sat in the living room, poring over my grandmother's old photo albums, I felt a gentle touch on my shoulder. It was as if a hand, faint yet palpable, was reaching out to comfort me. In that moment, I sensed a profound connection to whatever it was touching me, as if someone familiar was guiding and protecting me through this surreal journey of mourning. Journey of mourning. So six years later, you're still... Oh, okay. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I understand. I, and I don't mean that in a callous way. I just, you know, people grieve much different than others. I was just, but I guess being back there brought back all that emotion. So, okay, I'm sorry. I was just trying to see where, you know. With each passing night, the activity seemed to heighten. And I knew I had to share my experience with someone who could understand and perhaps shed some light on the enigma surrounding my grandmother's house. That's when I stumbled upon your captivating podcast. I wouldn't call it captivating, but thank you. Tuesday. Listening to your accounts of the inexplicable and the supernatural reassured me that I was not alone in this journey of the unexplained. I hope my story intrigues you. It does. And that it may find a place among the haunting narratives you bring to your devoted audience. My visit to my grandmother's house was a profound reminder that the world we inhabit holds mysteries far beyond our comprehension. Yes. Amen. Thank you for dedicating your time and passion to unraveling the enigmas of the paranormal. Your podcast is not only entertained, but also provided solace to me. 
Thank you so much. With my deepest regards, Eliza. Well, uh, first of all, thank you for the kind words. Uh, may I add, um, towards the very end there, you had a, a really beautiful way with words. So thank you, Eliza. I, I really appreciate that. Um, if I can break down anything or if I can say anything, keep in mind, I'm not a professional, right? Um, I do have a lot of knowledge and not in a cocky way. I just, I mean, I've been doing this since I was 12, you know, listening to all these paranormal stories and listening to everything. Um, I would say I, I, you know, I've obtained a good knowledge uh, and that's been over 20 years ago, over 20 years ago. I'm not going to share my real age, but you know, I've done it before. So if you listen back, you might catch it. But I am, um, I would say I am definitely above average when it comes to knowledge and experience. And I will say this, um, the smartest, kind of like what I touched down before, the smartest thing to do is always assume it's your imagination. Two, if this encounter is true, you could always be lying to me just to get your five minutes of fame, but I'm going to give you the benefit. I'm going to say that this is true what you experienced, I believe that you really did experience this. Um, I hope that you were close to your grandmother to know very well that it's her that was, you know, touching your shoulder, right? Because that's what you said. You, uh, yep, I felt a, uh, a gentle touch on my shoulder. Okay. If that is your grandma, I hope you had a great connection with her to know for a fact that that was her. Um, if not, there have been many stories, uh, movies, all of it. They like to tackle this subject. But there have been many stories where something very negative, evil, evil, I'm just going to say it, very evil, um, malicious, likes to pose as someone that you've loved. Um, so be careful with that, I would say. Um, but if you know for a fact, and if it really was that warm feeling, um, I believe that maybe it could have been your grandma. I mean, that's what I think, right? Because you smelled her perfume and you felt the touch and you were looking through pictures. Maybe that was her way of telling you that, you know, she's always going to be there. And maybe she's glad that her home is still in the family. Um, so that's, to me, that's a beautiful story. And I chose this one because of that right there. Um, not all of this has to be spooky and, you know, you're running, uh, hoping that you can sprint out of a cemetery as fast as you can, right? A lot of these moments, a lot of these experiences that make you question the reality that you've been told, sometimes they're, they're really nice and they can bring a lot of comfort and a lot of, um, the solace to people. And, you know, she definitely is one of them. And I use that word because that one is also used next in the next email. Um, and also, I chose these emails because I, I skimmed it. So I don't have all the details. I just have enough for me to go. I want to read that in, like, in the detail on the show. So, but Eliza, thank you. Your words, you know, thank you. I really appreciate it a lot, actually. Dear Tuesday, so this is email number two now, okay, moving on, dear Tuesday, I hope you're doing well, thank you, uh, I am, I think I am, but I wanted to share a 
spooky experience I had while camping alone in Moab, Utah back in late May 2001. If you know me, you know exactly why I chose this email. <laughs> no, that's not true. This email actually, um, it, in a way, feels kind of personal to me. But I wanted to share a spooky experience I had camping alone in Moab back in late May 2001. I know you're interested in the paranormal and supernatural, so I thought you might find this interesting. When I was younger, I was actually sent to a... Uh, the Wilderness Program in Utah. Eventually, I graduated from the program. Congratulations. And then I moved back to Utah at 20 years old. I ended up living in my truck, and I spent almost eight months in Moab. And I totally understand you when you talk about the love you have for Moab. It's changed a lot, though, and not for the good, in my opinion. I never saw old Moab so I don't know, but from what I told in the pictures I've seen, um, I'm going to agree with you. Moab is beautiful in my opinion, but when I saw the old pictures, especially from Jim Styles, Jim Styles, for those of you who don't know, is a kind of like a legend there in Moab, but I fear that his status or his, uh, the legend of him is slowly fading into history because I don't think many people, I think a lot of people are moving into Moab without a care of the history and the people that put the elbow grease in there, if that makes sense. But Jim Stiles has a, he has a newsletter um, called, oh, let me get the name, the Canyon County Zephyr. Um, and he actually has a lot of pictures and documentation of the rich um, life that used to be Moab. Uh, and it's crazy, actually. There's He has a lot of pictures of places that I've been and looking at them back from the 80s and the 90s, looking at them now, it's it blows my mind that that used to be open field. Because if you look at it, it's like a gas station and a hotel and a resort. And, you know, I don't, that's my least favorite thing about humans is our massive expansion and the zero care for natural beauty. But I am. Um, so I get it. Yes, uh, it's not changing for the good. Anyway, back to the email. One night I said my I set up my campsite in a quiet spot near Dead Horse Point. I've been there many times. Beautiful. The sun went down and the sky filled with stars, creating a magical atmosphere. I oof. I can already imagine it. I sat by my campfire, enjoying the peace and solitude. A strange feeling washed over me. It was as if someone or something was watching me, and I couldn't shake off the sense of unease that came with it. It wasn't long after that when strange things started to occur. A weird coldness crept into the air. The temperature dropped quickly, making me shiver. I've experienced this before. No matter how close I sat to the fire, I couldn't get warm. It felt like the cold was coming from within me, freezing my bones. Then, not long after I started, excuse me, then not long after, I started hearing music close by. It was a sad and beautiful tune that seemed to come from all directions. 
I couldn't see anyone playing an instrument, yet the music filled the night. Curiosity mixed with fear pushed me to investigate. Eventually, I started to pinpoint the direction where the music was coming from. Excuse me. Wow. <clears throat> and with a flashlight in my hand, I left my camp on my own and went towards the music. I was really scared, but I was alone and maybe lonely to the point that I thought I would make a friend or the very least watch from a distance a camp full of people enjoying themselves. Oh, okay, I I see. I see what you mean by that. It was an innocent thing, not a creepy thing. After walking for about five minutes, I stumbled upon a drawing carved into a tall sandstone wall. It looked like a native it looked like of Native American origin. It depicted strange figures that I couldn't recognize and creatures from a story or tall tale, perhaps. Okay. Okay. I could still hear the music playing. It sounded like a drum and a maraca. I kept walking, and then I made it to a clearing where I could see my surroundings much better. I was at an overlook, and I could see the canyon much better. But then, all at once, the melody stopped. I found myself standing in silence, surrounded by the vastness of the desert. It felt like the supernatural presence retreated, leaving me bewildered and forever changed by the inexplicable encounter. I don't know why I was led there. Maybe something wanted to show something to me. Maybe I was going crazy. But I was so sure of what I've heard. I've, I've never experienced anything like this since. Anyway, I wanted to share this story with you Tuesday. I know that you have a passion. I know you have a passion for the unexplained and the paranormal. And I hope this sparks your curiosity again. And it adds to the mysteries that you explore on your, on your podcast. Take care and keep diving into the depths of the paranormal. Sincerely. Uh, the Dustin from Scottsdale. Dustin from Scottsdale. Thank you so much. Scottsdale as in Scottsdale, Arizona? If so, uh, I actually know a lot of people there from Scottsdale. Um... So this is something that I've heard many times by people. They experience something like this, and the only thing I can chalk it up to, and just like the previous story as well, a time flash. A time flash is usually uh, described as... Here's a great example. I, there's a, there was a caller that called in to Art Bell's show, Coast to Coast AM. And he shared a story that I believe is the perfect example of what a time flash is. Um, he said that he lived in, a, in an old home built in the 1800s, late 1800s. And he said he went into his room and sitting on his bed was a girl, like a teenage girl, wearing um, pioneer clothing. Turn of the century pioneer clothing. 
and he said that they stared at each other and she said he said that she grew this face of complete fear stood up and ran and she ran right through the wall here's my thing you're a ghost right assuming that you know that you're that you've passed on you're you're a ghost what are you going to do like why would you experience fear? Now, some may argue, oh, you know, it's because, you know, she's been seen for the first time. She doesn't know how to react. I don't think that's it. I really don't. My theory is a time flash is where two timelines blend together for a split second, right? And that kind of goes hand in hand with the theory of the Mandela effect. But where timeline from the past and the future blend together. The Mandela effect is the same concept except for its universes. Universe A and B mix together and things get blended over. But just like the blending, it is a future and past. Or the present and past, rather. Sorry. Depending on how you look at it. He saw a ghost girl on his bed look at him in pioneer clothing, stand up and run out of that room. Imagine if, let's go back in time to 18, I don't know, 85, right? And you were that girl. It's hot. Probably during the summer. I don't know. Let's say it's during the summer. You're enjoying yourself or you, you, you want some peace and quiet and you look up and there's a mysterious man wearing odd clothing standing at the doorway of some room and you what's the first thing you do you get freaked out and you run out of there does that make sense you see you see where I, where I, where I'm trying to go with now he saw her in his timeline and i believe she saw him in her timeline i don't think he looked at a ghost I think he looked at a person who at that point, at that time, in that exact location, almost over 120 years ago, stared at each other, acknowledged each other, and they both got freaked out from looking at each other. And I say this because I believe in moments you experience a time flash, right? Like in the last story, she swore she heard someone else talking in the other room. What if she did? And maybe it's not so paranormal at all. Maybe she experienced a phenomenon where the future and the past blend and the present and the past blend. Or from the past's present, they saw the future. Does that make sense? So I'm saying, what if those, what if that song, the maracas and the drums, right? Is that, is that what he said? Maracas and drums. Yeah. Sound like a drum and a maraca. What if that was an actual song being played in that location or near that spot? And he was just at the right moment at the right time for everything to blend together just for a brief stint. He heard the past, and for a brief stint, maybe that past saw its future.
You know what I'm saying? And um, I don't know. That's just one of my things. If not, then yeah. I mean, there's some spirits out there that, um, you know, they're, I mean, they're having one heck of a concert. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not saying it to be funny. I just, I just don't know how else to say it. You know, like they're enjoying themselves. They're, but I believe that to be a time flash, sir. Dustin from Scottsdale. I believe that to be a time flash for sure. Thank you for the um, ending there. I really appreciate it. Um, so that's twice already. Uh, I'll, I'm going to get to that later. But um, thank you. I really appreciate that. So thank you for the story, Dustin from Scottsdale. And then this story, uh, buckle in. Buckle in. Uh, if you have not lit a candle, now is the time. And I'm trying not to oversell this. I really don't want to. But this story um, is probably one of the coolest stories. I started to skim it, and then I kept reading, and then I stopped. Cause I, I, so I don't really know the ending. Because I started to skim it, and I thought, whoa, 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 this is juicy. And I kept going, and I just thought, wow. So, without further ado, if you're ready, you can pause me right now. I'll give you a second to pause me. If you're on a road trip and you're wanting to go to the bathroom, now's the time to pause and go to the bathroom. If you're one of my truckers out there, hey, I love I, I love you guys. Um, thank you for listening in. Keep that wheel steady, brother. Or sister. I recognize you female truckers out there. The true backbone of the country. And, not, and I'm not saying that to be funny. I really mean that. Without further ado... Hey, Tuesday. Hello. I hope this letter finds you well. And I hope that it finds you diving deeper into the mysteries of the paranormal. I've been listening to your tight-knit podcast for a while now. Thank you. My son introduced me to conversations at midnight pretty early on when you were just starting. He doesn't listen much now. And then, that's fine, you don't have to. But, he doesn't listen much now, but I still do. And I really enjoy, I, I really enjoy how you have such a passion for late night radio. It really makes me think of my days as a teenager, way back in the day. It's been a very long time. I feel so old, exclamation mark. Don't, don't call yourself old, no. I'm writing you because I was listening to some of your earlier episodes and you said that if we had any stories to share with you to email you I thought about it and I asked myself why haven't I sent you my favorite experience that comes from my days of my youth so now I feel compelled to share an extraordinary encounter that took place during a road trip I embarked on in the spring of 1982 it is a night that has been forever imprinted in in sorry has been forever imprinted on me and that of my family and it all began at a strange gas station in Arizona wow you see my parents got divorced and i found out my father who was my world turned out 
to put it nicely, to be a big fat jerk. Because of that, I was beginning to retaliate in a very weird way. I was kind of a rebel and I was hanging out with boys and I was doing things and I understand. I've actually had many friends who did that. One night, a friend of mine was joining the military and he said that since high school was about to end and before he went into the service, he wanted to do something fun and spontaneous. My best friend at the time talked about how her sister had went to the Grand Canyon and she loved it. It was one of those light bulb moments. We all looked at each other, eyes open, and we planned for the big trip, which we had barely any time to prep. Everyone left my friend's house, and we all got ready and went to bed. Next thing you know, we were gone by two in the afternoon. The friend, the one who wanted to do something spontaneous, his grandfather had given him a car. It was a 1962 Chevy Nova station wagon. I didn't know that, that they I didn't know that they had a station wagon based off the Nova. That's really cool actually. It was really rusty and it had faded paint. It was a cream color. And I loved that little piece of junk. Oh. So picture this. A moonlit night around 2 a.m. The air filled with, as you have said a few times before, the spirit of youth. Listening to Led Zeppelin and the Grateful Dead. Wow. Wow, that's classic. My friends and I, the five of us, are about 12 hours into our road trip, having the time of our life. Our vehicle, a sturdy classic from a bygone era, hummed with excitement as we began to venture out along the, the winding roads through the Arizona sands. We were seekers of adventure, and we were completely unashamed, and don't, you, hey, don't ever be ashamed for ad adventure. As the moon was high casting a warm glow upon, upon the road, our fuel gauge was going towards empty. We were nervous because we didn't know what to do, and we didn't know when the next gas station would appear. Until, like a mirage, we spotted a weathered sign telling us that a gas station was up ahead in the next few miles. Eventually, we could see its neon lights flickering, struggling against the darkness, casting a glow upon the dusty road in front of us. The gas station emerged like an apparition from the desert. It had a worn exterior, bearing witness to the passage of time. Beautifully said, wow. The ancient pumps looked sun-beaten and rusty as we approached. We noticed different things about the gas station. The cigarette signs, the old tires, rusty rims. There were moths that had that gathered around a solitary flickering light bulb right in front of the main door. It sort of bathed the scene in a surreal luminescence. Curiosity fell over us as we stepped out of our car. Our senses heightened to every sound and movement in the night. 
The air crackled with an electric energy, sending a shiver down my spine. Inside, inside the, oh, excuse me, I went inside the gas station. An old attendant looked at me oddly. A smile grew on his face. It wasn't a creepy smile. It was just as if he was expecting someone. I, when I went inside, I asked him for the bathroom key. He handed me the key, and I went and peed in an unsanitary toilet. I can only imagine. When I came out of the bathroom, I saw my friend talking to him. My friend asked him if he'd seen any aliens out here alone in the desert. And he replied, and he actually said yes. The next ten minutes, he told us a few stories. As we were headed out, I made a comment and said that this place must be creepy out here, especially by yourself. A worried look grew over the old man. He looked around, and in a hushed tone, he started to share with me stories. And he started to share with me about the gas station's peculiar reputation. Legends of the paranormal and other odd things swirled in his words. He spoke of spectral apparitions that wandered the desert at night. He said that he can see them across the street and sometimes in the middle of the day. Other times he said that he would see a Native American man pacing back and forth on the side of the, on the, side of the gas station, and then he would vanish into thin air. He had many encounters with beings from realms beyond our own. He told us to please be careful and to have great respect for the area that we're driving through. Undeterred by the old man's cautionary tales, we proceeded back to our pump to fuel our car. My hands were trembling ever so slightly. Yet, as the gasoline flowed into our car, a profound shift began to take place. It's weird to explain, but it felt like the air thickened with the presence, and the boundaries between the seen and the unseen blurred. Everything started to feel weird. We could hear whispers and murmurs, like a horror movie. It was as if the very walls of the gas station held the echo of a forgotten past. It was a moment of wonder and disbelief. It was as if we had stepped into a portal between our reality and the supernatural. I believe in that moment. We stood at the threshold of two dimensions, humbled by the connection we had established with whatever it was that was out there. The ordinary gas station had become, in my opinion, a gateway to the extraordinary. Oh, it's beautifully said, wow. A portal to a realm where the veil between our world and the ethereal lifted. Wow. Wow, you have great vocabulary. We were all quiet. We all felt the same thing. We were just in shock. My friend, breaking the silence, says, Oh my God, 
look at them across the street. Tuesday, I will never forget the feeling I had when I looked over and saw the silhouettes of maybe eight or so people standing across the street. Oh, I just got chills. Wow, I just got chills. I couldn't make out any features at all. But you could clearly see people standing there. And then, as abruptly as it had begun, the paranormal spectacle subsided. The eight people vanished into thin air right in front of my eyes. The gas station returned to its mundane state, and we were left standing in awe and in reverence. It felt like hours had gone by, but really it was only seconds. In that moment, I knew I was forever changed by the profound encounter I had just witnessed. We all rushed and climbed into the car as fast as we could, and we took off. The rest of the trip, we couldn't stop talking about that encounter. To this day, if I ever hear any talk about the Grand Canyon, I only think of that gas station. Tuesday, I wanted to share this tale with you from a place as a fellow explorer of the unexplained in hopes that it ignites your imagination and fuels your curiosity once more for the mysteries that surround us. Your podcast has been a breath of fresh air for me, and I hope you continue leading us into the realms where reality and the supernatural intertwine. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you for entertaining me through these long nights, shedding light on the shadows that lurk within our world. May you continue to unravel the tapestry of the paranormal. Yours in curiosity and wonder, Julia T. from Colorado. I mean, oh man, (laughs) what do you say to that? So first of all, I mean, you just floored me. Granted, all those stories were great, but I mean, that one gave me chills and I cannot express to you the sensation the feeling that I get when I, when I tell you I want to experience those moments a lot. And I know that it can be a dangerous, excuse me, it could be a dangerous thing. Christopher Lee, uh, the late actor, Christopher Lee, you know, the one from Star Wars, he played Count Dooku. And at one point, I think he was like Dracula or something. I don't know. But Christopher Lee. He, um, he said that he had many friends who delved into the occult back in the 70s. And he said that his biggest caution of the occult and the unknown is 
you will you will lose yourself going into it and he's right um you don't ever come back and not in a physical sense i think more in a mental and emotional sense because you see the world in a much different point of view and i believe him i believe that to be true i mean it's already ruined me now <laughs> like now I just I just think I just now when I look at at uh, at a picture of the United States, just the United States alone, right? I, I'm I'm not even going to talk about the rest of the world, but just looking at the United States alone, now I look at it in such a different light. I look at all these states that have their own encounters, their own stories, their own uh, tales of mass hysteria coming over a town. I mean, look at um, just look at. Salem, Massachusetts. That's a prime example right there. They were burning women at the stake, hanging them. I mean, they, 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 the genocide that happened there was brutal. And yeah, I, you know what? I believe a lot of them could have, I believe a lot of them were lies. But what if, what if there is that one, that one, blip that one thing that one percent if they really weren't as innocent or maybe there was a woman in the crowd who evaded all scorn and she watched as other women the innocent women were killed off and she watched think of the witch of Yazoo if that story is true, let's just say, bear with me, if that story is true, then witches must be a thing. So maybe Salem, maybe there really was a witch in that town. In fact, if, if you do your research hard enough, you're actually going to find out that there actually was a warlock who was said to be the head of everything that happened in Salem. Everybody was so focused on a witch no one thought of a warlock. And he was a man amongst the crowds. Probably. I'm sure he was. You know? Anyway, I'm saying this because I just look at all these states. I look at, you know, I, I look at these maps, at these pictures, at, these, at a lot of things. And it, I look at it in a different light. But I cannot explain to you that sensation I get when I look at that open road. And I just think... Just think about just the adventure, experiencing. I don't know if you if you remember last year in March, March of 2022, I, I read an email from a man by the name of Mark. I think I called him MP, but his name's Mark. And he wrote me. And I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. But it was when I journeyed out to Yakima, Washington. And he had, he wrote here, and I'm going to read it, quote, Also, you talked about moving away from your family. I believe that was sort of a God thing today. We want to move to Wyoming. Oh, wow, and I was just reading a story from someone from Cody, Wyoming. We, we want to move to Wyoming. And listening to you discuss moving away from your family in Florida spoke to me. Oh, 
from Florida really spoke to me, sort of of a confirmation from God that it's time to move. Plus, I have cowboys, cowboy hats to wear. Yeehaw. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to add that in. Um, yes. See, it's like... Oh, and then this is another reason why I read it. I'm sorry. Then I told, and then he says, and I, and I totally understand the nomadic feeling you got on the drive. I too had that feeling many times. I travel the East Coast and also from California to Mount Vernon as part of as part of the plants that I cover. So it's part of his job. I do love some. I do love the windshield time in California. But I also like it in PNW. And um, listen, that nomadic feeling, that uh, it's hard, it's hard to put it into vocabulary. It, it just is for me because I can say it 10,000 times, 10 different ways. And I will never be able to grip that emotion. I'm a very curious person, sometimes maybe to a fault, but imagine that, driving down the desert in the West. One of my favorite places to be is the American West, and you're just listening to music, and you have nothing else but your friends, no cell phones back then, no smartphones, no internet, nothing, nothing, nothing to, to, to consume all your attention. Nothing to make you feel as if, you know, nothing that drains you because all you see is news all the time on, on, on all these phones, all these computers, everything. There's nothing but the news and a lot of bad, a lot of bad. And you're driving down a desert road and you come across just this random moment that only happens if you make that choice at that time. They, they could have risked it and kept driving. And hopefully found another exit with another gas station. But they didn't. They stopped at that one. And they had that experience. I long for that. Gosh, I long for that. You know? So much so. Like, I've been meeting so many people. And this is a great segue. Because I didn't know how to bring them up. But I've, I've had the blessing. Ever since I started this podcast. I don't know what it is. But I've had the blessing, and I don't know if it's from the universe, from God, uh, Vishnu, I don't know. I don't know what it is. The spaghetti monster religion, I don't know. But I had this blessing where I just meet people, and I meet them at the right moment, at the right time. And I don't know if that's because, and I'm not trying to get you know cheesy or I don't know, but I don't know if it's because I'm projecting that into the universe but whatever it is, I hope it doesn't stop because I feel so blessed. And this is what I mean by the segue. I had the absolute pleasure, and I mean pleasure, meeting two individuals back in February of 2023. So this year, at the time of this recording, I believe it was in February. Yeah, February or March, like early March, but... Um, Jim and Stephanie, uh, they're from New Orleans and that's all I'm going to say. No more details about them, but you know, just to keep it private, but 
they uh, they noticed my license plate on my on my car. I still have a uh, Utah license plate on my on my car, and they saw it. And Jim saw me, and he said, uh, "So which part of Utah are you from?" I looked at him and I said, "Well, I for a while there I actually lived in Springville." And he started telling me that, you know, he's been through Utah. He's been up and down Utah. And he told me that he passed through Canyonlands. And they passed through, you know, uh, uh, the Green River, uh, Bryce Canyon. I mean, he listed everything. St. George, uh, like the Vernal Utah. He started going on and on and on. And so from there, we started talking and... He asked me if I traveled, or he he asked what I was doing for a living, and I told him I said I don't I don't have a job right now, uh, but I I you know I honestly I actually have a podcast and I talk and I do this and I do that and I have some money saved up so I'm blessed, you know just enough for me to do this just for a little bit longer. And he told me that he he too was bit by the bug, and he talked about how they just wanted to travel. And they pretty much lived your average normal life. And I mean this. They lived their average normal life for pretty much their whole life. Until maybe about five years ago, I think he said. Maybe six years ago. Jim and Stephanie decided they didn't want to keep working. And they didn't want to keep doing something only to retire when they're almost dead. I don't, I don't know how other countries work. I, I, I know some that they don't work just like this. But here in the United States, the culture or the societal norm is you work and you work and you work and you work and you work. And don't get me wrong. Working is an honest thing to do depending on what you do. But for the most part, it, it's honest. It's true. And my issue is the retirement age isn't until you're 60 for most people. Depending on how smart you were, though, with the budgeting and everything, you know, late 50s maybe. And then you retire. You hang up the gloves and you look upon your work and you call it good. But the average lifespan for a human male is 70, right? We kind of, men kind of start dying off around 70, and that's it. If I was to retire at 60 or in my late 50s, I have, what, maximum 20 years left? 15 years? Compared to my, uh, the, the 40 years I was alive, barely experiencing anything, and I just worked? That's all I was. I was just a drone. And they felt that way. And I feel the same way. That's why, I, that's why I'm doing this. That's why I would rather, I think I would rather be poor, broke, making barely any money, doing what I thoroughly enjoy, than wasting my life and just doing overtime and this and that just to live in the, like the minimum, like just the bare, the minimum of everything. And what's, 
painful is a lot of people, and I'm not trying to turn this into like a political thing. I'm not, but a lot, you know, a lot of people say, you know, hey, then you know, you should do what you can only afford. Maybe live in a cheaper area. And in the United States, usually the cheaper area is where you're in no man's land, where it's a sundown town, where it's gang infested. So either you spend most of your night sleeping with one eye open, hopefully that you don't get shot living in constant fear of being robbed. I know because that's how I grew up. I grew up in, in, in tough areas like that. You know? I grew up where my father woke up and he, his car was gone. They stole it right out of the driveway only to find it a week later down the street from the house on cinder blocks. And everything was stripped from it. The engine, the transmission, the radio, the steering wheel, the seats, everything was gone. They stripped it clean. And we were broke. You know? I, I, I know that culture. I lived it my, my whole childhood. And that's the thing, you know? I, 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 either you go back to that turf or you just... You, you make a choice. And my choice is... Just as of right now, I mean, at this rate, I might, I might, I will have to get a job eventually. But as of right now, I'm doing what I love while, while I'm young. And it's, I hope it never changes, but, you know, you can't always count on, on that stuff. And Jim and Stephanie knew that. They, they understand that. And they said that they sold everything once they came to that real realization. I think Jim told me he was working at a company for 20 years. And he just didn't like some things about it. And if I remember correctly, I don't want to misquote him. But I think he told me that there were some things about it he just couldn't stand anymore. And he put so much time into that company. And he, I, I think he said he wasn't getting the respect that he felt like he earned. And they sold everything. They sold their house. They sold all their belongings or they threw away their belongings. They, I mean, they got rid of everything. Just enough that they can live in a little trailer, like, uh, like a fifth wheel, and they bought a brand new car. It's a Subaru, which is funny because I drive a Subaru. <laughs> but brand new car, and they took off. And they've been traveling the country since. They actually went to Ireland at one point, and they explained that story to me, which was really cool. But... They say they loved it. In fact, the last text message I got was from Stephanie uh, not that long ago. And she had told me they made it to the Grand Tetons. And I... uh, I don't know. Uh, When I got her text, I was just... um, It choked me up, you know? And uh, I, um, it was nice. Yep. They made it to the Grand Tetons. And she wrote more. I don't want to, you know, say. And they sent a beautiful picture of them in front of these beautiful mountains. And I just, I just can't explain it. 
that feeling, that longing of drifting, going, seeing things, the beauty of everything. To me, that's where I feel like I belong. You know, it's out there. And I love it. And I hope, I hope if there is an entity, if there's anything out there, I hope it gives me more time. But for now, I just, you know, you got to live your life and you got to do your thing, but that's a topic for another time. Point being is that feeling, that longing. 1982, she, she said she had the time of her life and she experienced something that changed her and it is stamped into her forever. And I love that, that spirit of adventure, that spirit of youth. Don't ever change anyone, please. Change, change for the good, but don't, don't let the world change you for the bad, you know? And I, uh, so I wanted, I guess just to wrap this up, I think this episode is for, I'm going to dedicate this episode to Jim and Stephanie and to the, and to the three people who emailed me these beautiful stories. So that'll be, uh, Miss Eliza from Cody, Washington, uh, my main man from Scottsdale, Arizona, Mr. Dustin. And lastly, Julia T. from Colorado. I wonder which part of Colorado. I have a, I known two good friends of mine who were from um, both, from Colorado Springs. So, but I think I would like to dedicate uh, those episodes to them. Uh, or this the, the episode to them, sorry. Um, it's late for me right now. <laughs> I'm fading. But before I go, before I leave, I um, thank you for the emails. Thank you for everything. And I said that, I, that there was a common thing amongst these emails, and that is the ending where they, um, they talk to me about saying how it, they hope that it ignites something in me. That it, it, uh, that it just brings something in me, fuels me again. And the, I don't know how anyone, I don't know if, if it was obvious. I couldn't, I don't know, I can't tell. But I, I yeah, I, I, I think I was losing that zest for a little bit. I, I think, I think it really was dragging me down for a little bit, you know? And I, um... Yeah. I don't know. I can't explain it. It just... And it was interesting to keep reading. And these three weren't the only ones I talked about. Like, a lot of people said, you know, hey, I hope you, you know, I hope you keep going at it, and I hope you keep doing your thing. And it makes me feel good, because I, I guess people really liked... I, I guess people liked my podcast. I don't know. I, I didn't think... I mean, granted, I have a lot of downloads, but I didn't think people... I, I, I didn't think I had a following. But I do. I guess I have some loyal people out there. And I want to thank you all for that very much. So I want to uh, leave, leave with you all a song of the week. I haven't done that in a while, huh? This song of the week is I Got a Name by Jim Croce. I don't know if I've done that song yet. Can't remember. But uh, I feel like it's fitting. Uh, I I Got a Name by Jim Croce. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, 
for listening and enjoying this uh, this hour with me. I hope I've I hope I brought some sort of entertainment and joy. Um, expect me to be annoying and persistent. I may miss a week or two here and there, but for the most part, I'm going to try to go back to my weekly uploads now that um, I'm sort of getting back on track with my, with my personal life. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for spending the time hearing me from my lips to your ears. I am Tuesday. This has been Conversations at Midnight. Thank you so much. And stay weird out there.